0: and you haven't done what needed to be done to invest in yourself. Marketing shouldn't be scary, it should be fun, and it should be the thing that you put your attention into the most because it's what compounds
1: to grow your business. First you get paid for what you do, then you get paid for what you know, and finally get paid for who you are. There's that guy on TikTok that does the pool cleaning. He's
0: had millions of followers, millions of views, doing gardening effectively for That's free. Guy. You entered into business with Alan Sugar. What are your gross profit margins? What are your gross profit margins? It's easier to play the blame game. The government, the economy, the sector, trades undercutting us all the time. This industry ain't what it used to be. No, you ain't what you used to be. You ain't leveled up, my friend. You've just been left behind because you're old school and you haven't done what needed to be done to invest in yourself. Hi, good afternoon. It's Joseph Valente here and I'm sat with my co-host. Christopher Ruggiero. So you're back tuned in to another episode of the Trade Mastermind podcast, Trade Secrets. We are live on Instagram today, so hi everyone that's watching us on Instagram. Um, Please make sure you stay tuned and you enjoy the show. (coughs) And uh, we've got some great topics to talk to you about today. This is a weekly feature now, so every Tuesday, okay, At 10 a.m., we're going to be running the Trade Mastermind podcast, and I'll be bringing a variety of co-hosts with me to the show, and today you've got the pleasure of listening to Chris, and hopefully Chris is going to be with me on as many of these podcasts as he can be. So, this podcast is not just about business, not just about construction, but it's about entertainment. So, we're going to talk about some relevant subjects, the things that are going on in the construction industry right now, and um, we're going to kick off with the first topic of the day, and that is how do tradesmen become marketeers? So what's your opinion on that, Chris?
1: Well, first and foremost, I think it's important that they do. So I think the, the first thing is mindset, isn't it? It's making sure that you understand the difference between being a tradesman running a business and being a tradesman in that business and moving towards actually putting effort into marketing yourself and your business i think it's a differentiation that you know is made between successful trades businesses and the ones that that aren't so for, for a start you know you have to start thinking about building online presence it it may it makes the difference now we
0: are business partners and i naturally lean um, into the marketing of our organization but it's important that you know, you become a marketeer as well. And over the years, you've, um, you know, learned about the sector and you've made yourself do content. Hopefully you're going to do more content. Obviously, this is what today's all about. So how have you got comfortable um, with
1: doing marketing when it isn't naturally your skill set or forte? So for me personally, somebody somebody that's more focused on kind of the operational element of a business and the financial element of a business, um, it's... The way that I've got comfortable is, is over a period of time and just kind of increasingly getting out of my comfort zone, especially with things like content and production and uh, speaking in front of people. Uh, you know, for me, the thing that helped massively was just not... Um, I know this is probably not great advice, to be fair, for, for other people looking to get into it, but it's not necessarily... Why are you saying that for then? Well, because this, this, this <laughs> is what helped me. So, uh, you know, if it helped me, maybe it will help you, but it's kind of it improved incrementally. So, first, do a presentation to people over a zoom camera, for example, that you can't see uh, then um, you know go onto to a zoom where people are in the room and you can engage and converse with them, then move on and speak live in front of a lot of different people, so kind of not just take on the the, the big bits first is incrementally improved so for trades, build up your confidence yeah build up your confidence as, as you're going along I think that's so when we first started this business back
0: in 2020 um we booked our first event. I can't remember when it was. I think it was something like the 20... 20- I don't know if it was early 2021 or late 2020. It
1: was... And it was a three-day event. It got postponed, didn't it, because of COVID. So it was meant to be mid-2020. Yeah, uh, 2021. But you hadn't done much public speaking up until that point. No.
0: we well, hadn't done any, basically, up until that point. Not really. And then the whole day... Uh, and then um, you were given a day, and then in front of, I don't know, it about 100 days. people, you had to speak.
1: Two, two days. <laughs> So, you know, days of speaking. So, to be fair, I did have a um, baptism by fire. Baptism of fire. Yeah. Into into that. That's the best
0: way, though. Sometimes you just got to chuck yourself in at the deep end. I I just think there's this misconception that you get marketing agencies to do the marketing, and that's what marketing is it's outsourcing it. And, you know, most business owners really should be the one that, you know, is driving the marketing. Because, When you build a brand, you stay passionate about the brand. You know, you are the most passionate about the brand Mm. first and foremost. Or maybe you're not. And I think that's what we see in construction a lot of time. People pick a name. They don't build a brand. They say JV's Plumbing and Heating or Chris's Electrical Installations. And you can't get that excited about your own name being the business name. And you're... To get to sell effectively, you need to be excited, don't you? You need to be excited about what you're selling, you know, and it needs to be um, the driving force, really, It kind of gets you to do all of the things you need to do because marketing shouldn't be scary. It should be fun and it should be the thing that you put your attention into most because it's what compounds to, grow your business It what gets you recognized gets you attention but also it's what drives
1: lead generation and if we've got leads mm. we can make the sales i, th- I think that's a, a big point to establish as well when i think of marketing you know coming at it from a place that's you know i'm not a marketer but when i think about it i've effectively uh segmented into two two main bits which is brand and lead generation mm-hmm. obviously somebody that's a, a objective and like to focus on the numbers, I'm always looking at lead generation as a, an investment into your business. So I kind of put those two things well they are separate really, but they un, they're under the umbrella of marketing but developing a brand is something that's going to help convert inquiries I would yeah. say into your construction business into sales. Lead generation is a kind of different cat different of the fish really in my opinion it's you know pay, it's paid investment into generating inquiries at the front end, which you should absolutely do. Is you know, people don't know whether to build brand or whether to drive lead generation.
0: The first thing that you always must do first and foremost is do lead generation because you can't sell on brand. You can sell on lead generation immediately. Selling on brand takes time. So you know, you have to get known and people aren't going to buy from people they don't know. And so you need to have that lead gen strategy first. Invest in lead gen till you're making enough money to invest in brand. We didn't make podcast shows from day one of Trade Mastermind together. And the reason that we didn't do that is because we were focused on lead generation. We were focused on making sales. We weren't focused on um, creating lots and lots of content. So, you know, you just got to know the difference between the two. But you've always got to dedicate 10% of your time to building brand. And the bigger that you get and the more profitable that you get, the more money that you can reinvest into building brand because ultimately that's what creates major value. Good friend of mine, Charlie Mullins, founder of Pimlico Plumbers, sold his business for 140 million. And he didn't sell it because he had the best plumbers in the world. He didn't sell it because he had great five-star reviews. He didn't sell it Because his systems and processes were really slick. He didn't sell it because he had the best vans. He sold it because of the brand. Because he'd spent 30 years plus compounding that brand over time. Doing radio shows. Getting in the paper. Being part of the London Parade. You know, really investing in his image and his brand. And being known. And that's what compounded over time to create value. Whenever you come to one of our training sessions at the Trade Mastermind and we talk to you about brand identity, the first thing that we always say is imagine that we were holding up two coffee cups. Imagine one from the local calf and imagine one from Starbucks. The one from the local calf would be a white cup, okay, probably similar size to a Starbucks cup, but the Starbucks cup would have a brand on it. Now, the local... Calf coffee you'd pay 99p for the starbucks coffee you'd be willing to pay four pound for now nobody knows the difference really between the taste and the coffee only very slightly but they do know the difference in what's written on the front of the cup and that's why people are willing to pay more money so if you're called jv's plumbing and eating or cr's electrical installations people are only ever going to band you up as a one-man band and they're never going to pay you premium prices. So you're never going to become the Starbucks of the construction world because you don't have a brand, you've
1: just got a name. So making that transition really, really important. It reminds me of a great quote that um, I heard Jeremy Waller say, and I think it aligns really nicely with this. And Who's Jeremy Waller? Uh, Jeremy Waller. Um, Jay Waller. If you come across him online, it's one of uh, Andrew Tate's friends. Oh, is his name Jeremy, is it? I, I think so. <laughs> <it> Jer- <laughs> well, I see Jay, Jay Waller, Waller, but I didn't know he was I think called was Jeremy. Jeremy. I think, I think now was, I know I why he's wrong, called. But it's a good, a good quote that he said. Now uh, I know why he uh, calls himself Jay. Jay Waller. But a great thing that he said. He
0: went was... to a private school. <laughs> <laughs> was that uh, B-Rabbit, uh, you know, from Egg Mile? Clarence's parents had a real good marriage.
1: <laughs> Jay Waller. He ain't like you. He went to a private school. But anyway, what he said was, and I think it-, it Jay Waller's trying to brand. be a badass of the name. Like Jeremy, come on, dog. <laughs> first you get paid, and this is where a lot of construction companies are, I think, is first you get paid for what you do, then you get paid for what you know, and finally you get paid for who you are. And I think that's a great, um, a great quote to basically kind of illustrate what brand's all about. If you develop a good brand, eventually you just get paid for being the the company that you are. Effectively. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of construction business owners specifically are stuck in that first section of getting paid for what you do, which is kind of not where you want to be. The thing with construction,
0: and you know, I've been saying it since early 2020, the, the construction sector is about to explode. Yeah. And I called it early. And I said, you need to get in and make content. I used to preach it on lives, you know, night and fucking day that businesses used to make content. Fast forward three years, one of those trades using social that's never really had a light shined on it. So people don't see what trades people do. Mm. And, you know, it's a sector that has, you know, real great skill and great craft. And it's a very, very interesting sector. So I think social media, TikTok, YouTube, you know, has really highlighted... Um, what can be achieved within this space people are blowing up i mean there's that guy on youtube there's that guy on tiktok that does the pool cleaning i mean he's had Mm. millions of followers for cleaning pools and he gets you know celebrities to come on with him to come and clean the pools because they want to use his platform because he's getting so many views and he's got people celebrities wading around in his pools in the muck i don't know if you've seen um, people like daring to and all of that type of stuff on there
1: then you got the other guys that are in landscape, like the patio, the the jet washing patio. Yeah. The, I mean, it's, it's There's a guy that goes around in America, yeah, and he's the
0: one in England doing it now as well. They're knocking on people's doors and they're saying your garden's really overgrown. Can
1: I cut it for yeah, you? Free? Yeah, I've seen that.
0: But the dudes are getting hundreds of thousands of views, millions of views for cutting someone's. Um, got to do with doing
1: gardening effectively for free go, how in your opinion um how do you tap into the the virality of that so as somebody that's you know a professional marketeer effectively what what would your tips be to somebody so if they've got something that they can showcase as a, mm. as a technical skill like i don't know patio washing for example jet washing what do they do What well, they what should they do to try and make that viral content? I mean, the
0: first thing is making it easy to capture the content. I think, like, just having a phone stand, for example, in your bag, in your van, would allow you to actually get the tripod out, right? And be able to take the shot. You know, it sounds really stupid, but there's loads of times when I need to make content. I think I ain't got a tripod with me. Where am I going to put the phone? So you end up missing and capturing the content. So actually investing in the equipment needed to get the shot first and foremost. Then it's about just getting comfortable on camera. You know, the most of these businesses are sticking it in the corner of the room or, you know, outside and they're, just capturing what they're doing mm. and so you haven't got to become a presenter you haven't got to be able to talk on camera to the level that we are doing now and hold your own you've effectively just got to capture what you're doing anyway it's so a bit like Gary Vee's thing document, document not create so document your. Yeah, that's good. So document it, don't necessarily create it, but then to kind of counter that, you also need to have some editing skills where you're able to snap the shots together to create a story because people like to see a beginning, a middle, and an end. So what did the job look like before you started? Show us some progress on what's happening on the job and what was the finished article. That's what you know somebody's looking for and you need to try and frame that up into a 60-second to a three-minute short And then use trending sounds to um, tap into the uh, tap into the attention. And because people can do, and again, don't get disheartened if you don't get views straight away. It takes a lot of commitment. Consistency is key. Consistency is key. And in my content game, you know, consistency has always been the biggest piece that's been missing. It's doing a piece of content. Getting bored and wanting to do another piece of content and not staying consistent. But Unfinished Business is the prime example of how quickly you can build a loyal audience when you have a consistent format. And, you know, that show's blowing up. If you haven't watched it, go and check it out on my YouTube channel at Mr. Joseph Valente. Um, Unfinished Business is documenting our rise to taking the Trade Mastermind and our other businesses into a multi billion dollar business and all that goes on um, with what's happening there so make sure you go check it out but um yeah just just seeing the potential i think people don't see the potential either it's like knowing what the content is for is what um will allow you to make the content mm. like just making content for content's sake and like whenever i've done just the short game where i've sat behind a desk and just churned out shorts and they saying you doing shorts i'm gonna hated it now that we're doing unfinished business, and I can see that there's kind of a mission to it, and there's progression, it feels like there's a
1: purpose. So mm. that purpose creates the motivation. Well, you, you you mentioned about editing as well, and again, I'm somebody that's you know I, I don't do a lot of uh, posting, social media posting myself or anything, but I think that the tools that are available now, especially the AI tools that are out there, it just makes it so easy to mm. capture the raw footage of what it is you're trying to do and just plug it into something like um, what's that what's that one that the opus clip clip. Mm. and it just makes all of the shorts for you even in the apps now though like
0: in the tiktok app you can pretty much just do all of them yeah Yeah. a little bit you again you got to do the training spend the time watching a couple of youtube videos and it becomes easier you know i don't actually
1: know how to do it i don't do it but um you know it's just because don't let that be a barrier basically yeah because you can't edit content i mean it's so you can't do
0: it pay someone to do it but the market's so untapped at the moment The, you know, that's why I'm pleased that we're doing this show consistently because this show in construction will blow up. If we stay consistent with this show and make it happen each week, every week, it's going to blow up mm-hmm. because construction's untapped. And at the, at the moment, we sit at the top of the tree in learning and professional development in construction. We are the number one training business in construction, and we have influence over hundreds and hundreds of construction businesses and are changing their business forever by teaching them how to go from tradesmen to businessman, giving them the skills they need to level up, changing lives with the content that we do, And it goes on behind the scenes so it's again about practicing what we preach and making sure that we um put out great content for you guys you know and these types of shows will allow us to build that loyal following that loyal audience those consistent viewers um and that's why i want it to be a show more than just kind of a you know a business insight effectively so you know make sure you guys go to our trade mastermind youtube channel and you subscribe to the Trade Mastermind YouTube channel, yeah? Because there's going to be one of these shows going off every week. It'll be live streamed, and it will also be um, um, put up on YouTube. So you've got access to fantastic content all of the time. So 2024, what do you believe um, uh, is... what, What are your top three tips to winning as a construction business
1: in 2024? Top three tips. Again, for me, I, I come at at this kind of stuff um, with an objective view. So for anyone that's an existing client of ours will know that one of the, the main things that I press businesses on understanding and knowing is number one, their numbers. So get to know your numbers and, and more specifically within that, understand your profit margins. And that was one of the big things that, that we were taught um, early days after, you know, um, we entered into business with Alan Sugar. His team constantly pressed on us. What are your gross profit margins? What are your gross profit margins? What are your gross profit margins? It was just embedded into us to know and understand that. Um, and there's so many businesses that, in my opinion, that I've met that don't understand the way that their business is made up. If you don't understand the way that your business is made up from a numbers perspective, and this is planning moving forward, not just being told what your accountant tells you at the end of the year, but it's planning your business moving forward. If you don't target a, a, a profit margin, then you're not really in a good position to grow and scale a business, I wouldn't say. So for me, that's top of the tree, you know, big, big thing. If you want to make a success of your business, know your profit margins, number one, um, number two is is don't be afraid to invest into marketing, which is a key one. Um, to grow a business, you're going to have to spend money on generating awareness and inquiries into the front end of your business. If you don't do that, then you you effectively accept the size that your business is. You're going to hit a glass ceiling and that's ultimately what it is that um, that you've created. Uh, as a percentage of the the work that you do, you always generate a certain amount of organic inquiries, which I think are excellent inquiries. And you should generate good word of mouth inquiries into your business, but it always only represents a certain percentage. So to push beyond that, you have to get comfortable with investing into marketing. So uh, number two, don't be afraid of marketing. Number or, three. Uh, number, see, two. number two, number don't be three. afraid of marketing or see it as a cost, see it as an investment because that's what it is. Uh, and number three, it's um, put weight the amount of effort into your recruitment that's required. So many people, again, construction companies that that I've met, um, not clients of ours anymore, because I think they learn this stuff, but um, people that that m- might be still deciding whether or not to come to one of our tra- uh, training days always complain that there's no good people out there in the market. They always mm. complain that, and we know there's skill shortage, short, shortages. There actually absolutely is. But you have to understand that there are people out there that, are, that want a job, that are skilled, but it takes a level of effort to put into it in order to generate the, the, the good candidates to come into your business. So you have, to, you have to associate enough effort and focus to your recruitment processes to make sure that you're going to get those candidates in at the front end. If you don't have good people, it's going to be, a, it's going to be much more difficult to run your business. It's always, again, as a business owner and having employed hundreds and hundreds of people, it, it always feels really difficult to run a business when you don't have the right people in the right place. As soon as you slot those those right people in the right place within the business, everything starts to feel a lot easier. And I see in construction, this being an issue all of the time, people say that oh, I can't find any good people, but I don't do anything to try and find mm. people. So improve your recruitment processes. Understand again, that it's a system and a process within your business that needs attention. Put loads of effort into that because a couple of good people placed in your business can revolutionize the game Mm. so yeah to summarize know your gross profit margins or know your numbers um don't be afraid to invest into marketing put lots of effort and attention into recruitment and and finding the best people
0: and the thing that you come to learn with all of the stuff that we talk about is it all kind of um self fulfills it's like if you don't have a brand You can't attract great people because what are they coming to work for? The days of people going to work for a job just to get money are long gone. You know, the construction sector um, is employee driven, is candidate driven. So nobody cares about the job anymore. They care about how much they're going to get and what they're going to get from the best companies. So if your brand bands aren't branded if you haven't got a good culture, if there are no bonus schemes, if you're not an ambitious leader, if you don't have ambition, you don't have goals and your company isn't reinvesting, then people have got the pick of the, the bunch. I mean, they go to wherever they want to go. So brand doesn't just feed sales. It feeds um, new people joining your business. You know, brand feeds everything, can recruitment costs money and if you haven't got your pricing right and you don't know your numbers and you are not got your right margin then you'll never be able to afford to um, invest in recruitment because your jobs don't make any profit and so everything feeds everything and that's why it's important that you learn how to go from tradesman to businessman and you understand that you've done the trades bit you know when you become a business owner you no longer are a tradesperson. Being a one man band on the tools versus being a business owner are two different things. You know, being a one man band on the tools, you still need to know your pricing. You probably don't need to do recruitment and you sell on reputation. So brand isn't your um, biggest focus. But if you actually want to scale up and you want to hire some people and make profit without doing the work and you don't want to own a job and you want to have a business that allows you to, you know, step back and get back your time and freedom, then you've got to make sure that you um, are building a company first and foremost, and you've got to have skills to be able to do that because every business has sales, it has marketing, it has finance, it has recruitment, it has HR, it has operations, it has all of these elements. And if you don't know what they are, then you're not going to be able to complete the puzzle. If you can't complete the the puzzle, then um, you end up with um, you know, just holes in your business everywhere. And we, that's what doesn't get the results is people don't complete. But again, I think uh, the big thing that we've learned over the last couple of years in this training business is that most people don't know what they don't know. And they don't even know that they need education because they don't know they don't know stuff.
1: The unknown
0: so, unknown. Yeah, it's not until they actually hear this podcast or come to one of our um, discovery days where they actually, the penny drops. You know, I've seen so many epiphany moments. Yeah. From sales, marketing, from finance, from operations. They go, oh my God, now it all makes sense. This is what I've been doing wrong the whole time. And it's much easier to have those epiphany moments by investing in training and personal developments than it is to do it by learning how not to do it. Mm. You know, people say make mistakes. Making mistakes is not um, good. You know, everybody makes mistakes and you've got to learn from them, but some mistakes can be catastrophic. So investing in yourself, investing in mentors, coaches, trainers and people will do um, the best it can to avoid you from making those mistakes because what does a mistake ultimately cost you? it's not money, it's opportunity, opportunity, but time, yeah. you know, it's the time, isn't it? You don't have so much time to keep getting it wrong. It's like there needs to be a position where after a while it just clicks and, you know, we should be able to make progress. We've got to ensure that we're not wasting time.
1: And um, I mean, in our our businesses, that we work, again, mistakes are effectively inevitable you just want to do what everything you possibly can to try and mitigate them but i think if we track back some of the mistakes that we've made over the years you know if you if you track back even in this business some some incorrect decisions that we've made cost us like six months yeah this comes down to one six decision a that's made. year it, it hundreds costs of thousands of that pounds. much time in terms of cost in terms of lost opportunity Million in terms of, you know, losing people, Stress. not getting the right people. It's, yeah. so it is one of, you know, knowledge, it's a cliche thing to say, but knowledge is power. You know, you know. And if you know how to avoid the mistakes, mm. it's, it's a powerful thing to be able to... Um, to. If, if,
0: some, if something was um, existed, like the trade mastermind, you know, when we were doing Impra, you just walk in, you would have heard what we said and you'd have gone, fucking hell, they're right. I mean, everybody that we come across is smart enough. There's a small percentage of people that are, okay? And it doesn't matter how you tell them, what you tell them, they're just never going to do it, right? But the fact of the matter is most people um, listening to this podcast will be smart enough. To become a tradesman, you need to be intelligent. To become a qualified engineer, an electrician, a gas engineer, you know, you got to have um, something about you. And, you know, so most people get it when they get it, you know, and when they get the information it drops and You've just got to be exposed to that personal development. I, you know, we say to everybody, listen, you know, you did three or four years to become a qualified engineer, and you didn't see that as the wrong way to progress. That was the only way to progress because if you became a tradesperson without doing an apprenticeship, you'd have been a cowboy builder, or you end up being a, you know, rogue trader. But people start businesses without ever, you know, doing any business training, and that's why your business don't work. I, I don't... It's not because the business
1: won't work it's because you can't make it work yeah the um I, and i think unfortunately in this industry i don't know why it might it, it probably is it in other industries as well but that does seem to be a huge stinker associated to personal and professional development In and mm. don't you think in this industry alike? i think i think it's in a lot of sectors the problem
0: the the thing that i've the, the thing that i see right is let's say you leave school yeah you get a 20 grand a year job okay from that job now you fast forward 10 years you're still making 20 grand yeah and nothing's changed in your life then all of a sudden you see somebody come along okay and they say you can do this this and this and your life can change but for the last 10 years you've been grafting like crazy okay you've been working hard you've been putting in the hours but you haven't improved so the only way to justify why you haven't made it a success is to say that the other way doesn't work. Mm. You know, if you've been running a business for 20 years and then someone's coming along and say, just do this, this, and this, and then everything makes up. Most people can, you know, in a lot of cases, people can go to the defense, can't they? That's not how we're doing. It's too good to be true. You know, it's a scam. It's a get rich quick. It's da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it's like they're trying to justify why they've wasted their time because no one wants to own up to the fact that the reason they're not successful is because of them first and foremost, because it's easier to play the blame game. The government, the economy, the sector, you know, other other trades, undercutting us all the time. This industry ain't what it used to be. No, you ain't what you used to be. You ain't leveled up, my friend. You've just been left behind because you're old school and you haven't done what needed to be done to invest in yourself. So that's what it comes down to, yeah? It's um, always taking ownership and not making excuses. Because if... If you don't take ownership of why you are where you want to be in your organisation, who cares? Nobody cares. You're the only one that's getting hurt. You're the only one that's um, not living your full potential. You're the only one that's being held back, and you're holding yourself back. Most people are are in their own way, and it's usually they're in their own way through lack of knowledge, not through lack of want or trying, um, but it's just lack of knowledge, you know? You don't if you turn on a computer and it's the first time you've ever turned it on and you don't have an instruction manual, then how on earth are you going to make the thing work? Mm. So business has... The thing that we've really nailed down with our training programs is we have created an operating model, an operations manual, a blueprint, and do this, this, and this, and it'll work. So you've almost got, for every trade, we work with all trades in construction, the blueprint to building a successful, profitable, scalable, systemizable, and sellable construction business. So, okay, let's um get to the last segment of the show. Okay, cool. If you could pick um, one trade to go in, if you could pick one sector of construction to go in now, which
1: would it be and why? Great question. Um I think for me, it would have to be solar installations. Um, again, it comes back down to the fact that we work with a lot of businesses that do this anyway, mm-hmm. kind of seeing the the evidence of the, the results that can be achieved. Uh, but ultimately, it's the high ticket average order values that you're working with and then the associated profit margin to it and the ability to scale that, that business. Yeah. So if I was going to set up a, a kind of a supply and fit direct sales business tomorrow, it would be in in, within the construction industry. I think it would be in solar. Then that's the one that you could quickly turn into, you know, seven figure turnover very, very quickly, um, you know, get to to three, four million pounds worth of turnover within in reality, with the knowledge that we have, I think that we'd, you know, do that in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Um pro rata, I think it it wouldn't be difficult. There's a market for it. There's a demand for it, there's you know, a, a availability of um the the supply chain isn't an issue. It you know, it, it has been historically up until now, but well, now it's readily available. I think you can you can easily make a success out of that business. And knowing the get, knowing, you know, direct sales and um supply and fit businesses, I think that's the one I would choose, purely and simply because of the way that the numbers stack. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, Yeah. I would pick exactly the same, except I would
0: do direct sales and installation and I'd encompass solar, EV and boilers Mm. just to mitigate seasonality. Um, But they're all um, thriving sectors. Solar and um, EV specifically is a growing sector that's, you know, going to take over the way that we generate um, light and power um, for, you know, various appliances and whatnot but the government are currently the yeah. biggest marketing machine for it. It's all they're talking about. Um, I know there's been some slight kickbacks, but even that's creating awareness, you know, of, you know, we're not going to do it in 2030, we are going to do it in 2035 or whatever. You know, they're always changing. But the fact is 80% of the population right now are thinking about getting solar installed on their house. So, you know, there just isn't um, enough businesses out there to cater for that demand. So I would be shit. And again, electrical is just... A, a rubbish sector for scalable operating models. Mm-hmm. It's either you stay in domestic and stay small or you go into commercial and you kind of go big that way, which I don't really like Time to margin, anyway. horrendous cash flow. Yeah, rubbish payment terms. Yeah. You know, so solar, big marketing opportunity because the government are pressing the message. Mm-hmm. Turn around, quick, three days in and out. Big cash flow opportunity because you're leveraging supplier credit. Big order values. Um, big deposit opportunities, you know, and um, just a simple business model, simpler the better, you know, the more people overcomplicate stuff with creating many moving parts, it's just the more difficult it becomes, it's like lead, sale, complete, lead, sale, complete, and, um, you know, that's how we operate, that's how we operate, and we've made our training business, you know, Mm -hmm. really follow the same principles, because we've tried various sales training programs, and you know, coaching programs and everything and now we've got three incredible um, perfected proven academies across the construction sector and one's the construction academy and that's for all trained businesses the next one's the seven-figure boiler business builder and that's for companies that want to build boiler installation businesses and then the third one is the solar and EV academy which is to teach businesses how to transition into building a direct um solar and electric vehicle charger installation business because you know we don't want to teach you how to do maintenance businesses because they're um, chaotic they're reactive they're unscalable and the profits are usually rubbish if you try and grow them we don't want to teach you b2b um, because again it's unquantified it's difficult to scale and cash flow is rubbish so it doesn't fit what we teach so that gives you a bit of insight and hopefully you guys have enjoyed the podcast Each week, every week, we're gonna talk about some great topics. We're gonna try and give you entertainment, but we're gonna give you education and we're gonna get to know you across this journey. So please make sure you type into the YouTube um, what comments, type into the YouTube in the comments what questions you would like to have us answer on the next show. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Adios, take care, ciao, ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening to the Trade Mastermind Trade Secrets podcast. If you want to find out how Trade Mastermind can help you further, head to our website trademastermind.co.uk and don't forget to like and subscribe.